Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Back with you for the next three hours. Demon Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio, and we're ready to rock with you. Got a big show lined up. Very excited about the guests that we have coming up. Very excited about the conversations we get to have with you, Raider Nation. And we get excited about doing this each and every day, uh, coming off the heels of the JT The Brick Show. And he had a very loaded show with Bill Romanowski on the show. Uh, also had Rock Cartwright on the show. So, uh, yeah, man, we've got it locked and loaded for the next couple days as we close out this week strong, head into the weekend, head into uh, the game on Sunday. At Allegiant Stadium, Week 15 action. I know a lot of folks are going to start arriving in town. If you're coming from out of town, I know some folks will start arriving probably tonight, uh, hang out tomorrow evening, and then do what they do on Saturday and then get ready for the action at Allegiant Stadium. Of course, we've got a lot to get to. Uh, We have a lot going on around the area. Uh, Also, a Josh Jacobs autograph signing going on tomorrow. We'll tell you more about that. Uh, We'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings. We'll tell you more about that. I mean, we are out and about all over the city. So, like I said, the next few days is going to be very action-packed for Raider Nation Radio 920. Some of the guests that we have coming up on the show today, starting at 2.30, Brandon Cristal. He's a reporter from KOA Colorado. Does a fantastic job both on the radio, does a fantastic job when there's owners' meetings going on. Uh, He's all over the place, the draft, uh, different bowl games. I mean, he's always that guy, very good uh, NFL insider reporter. He'll join the show. And what I want to ask him, what I want to talk to him about, why I decided to get him, is there's a good chance that uh, that Natani Muti, the, the offensive lineman that the Raiders picked up from the Denver Broncos, the practice squad from the Denver Broncos, will probably be in action on Sunday. He might even get a start, for all I know. Uh, we all know that Alex Bars went down last week and did not return, and I asked the head coach Joshua Daniels about Alex Bars earlier this week, and it did not sound like he was close to returning. Uh, we know that John Simpson, who went in and replaced Alex Bars, was waived last week. Uh, earlier today, Lester Cotton was waived, so he's no longer around. And isn't that a shame? Let's just pause real quick there, Damon. Uh, Lester Cotton being waived, man. I remember all the conversation we had really started by our guest that we had on the show last uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, Adam Hill from the RJ. Uh, always noticed that Lester Cotton looked really good during training camp, and he talked about him last season going into training or coming out of training camp. And we all talked about Lester Cotton quite a bit. And it just never worked out for him. He was injured, and he's been officially waived today. So Lester Cotton is no more. But, man, it seemed like that, that was going to be the, like the, good, the good feel story uh, for the Raiders in that offensive line this year. Yes, it was. And you know who gave the final seal of approval that, that solidified it for me? This was going to be his year. It was Richie Incognito because yeah. he was essentially yeah. going to be replacing him. Yep. And that was the guy, you know, a former pro bowler that said, hey, this is going to be Lester's year. I think that the the entire team wanted it for Lester so bad and it was just unable to materialize. But waving guys this late into the season, not that it's a bad look by the organization, just for me, you, you always say it, you know, if the next guy was, you know, was the guy, he'd be the guy. Right. But I know it's like, hey, give him some more guys playing time, but it's just a bad look to me because if these guys were so deserving of playing time early in the season, why weren't they getting it? Well, yeah, I mean, and I guess these guys were just holding down spots. Like John Simpson, once he lost his, his, his starting role, I mean, he never, you never saw him again. And when you saw him again is when Alex Bars got hurt, and then they put him in there, and then all of a sudden, a holding penalty, and he gets, gives up a sack or gives up a couple pressures immediately, and it was kind of all she wrote there. I mean, John Simpson was already on the outside looking in, and 
Lester Cotton, I mean, he's been injured. When's the last time you heard anyone talk about him? Right? I mean, it's just one of those things. Availability, best ability. Also, you know, once you get that opportunity, holding on to it. As many times as I've talked about Jermaine Illuminor and how frustrating he's been throughout the course of the year, he's still been available. Even though he showed up on the injury report, we know he got banged up in the last game, he's still been available. Right? He's taken his lumps, and he continues to keep grinding, grinding, grinding. It seems like some of these guys just couldn't figure it out. So another guy down, Lester Cotton. So uh, Natani Muti, he might be a guy that's going to play. You know, he might actually be uh, in action on Sunday. And from everything I've – and I don't know him a lot. I, I know that he went to Fresno State. I get that. From what I know, he's a big guy. He's a mauler. He's really strong. But there has to be something, right, because he was on the practice squad for the Broncos. He wasn't playing, so there's that. So kind of going back to your point, you know, uh, why isn't this guy, if they, earn, if they earn a roster spot, why aren't they playing? And now he was on the practice squad. The Raiders signed him off the practice squad, so that means that they had to put him on the active roster. So I just want to do a little bit of a deep dive into a guy that we might all see out there in action on Sunday. Not only that, since Brandon has familiarity with head coach Josh McDaniels and GM Dave Ziegler, I also want to ask him about those guys. You know, Josh McDaniels, first year as the Raiders head coach, I know it's been underwhelming. We've had a lot of conversations about is it heading the right direction? Is it not heading the right direction? Is this guy going to be able to get it done? I want to ask him just, you know, what he thinks of him as a head coach. Does he think that, you know, how long it's going to take to kind of get what he wants in place and, and moving forward? And, again, Brandon has a lot of familiarity with both head coach Josh McDaniels and also GM Dave Ziegler. So uh, we'll talk about all that and then some coming up at 2.30 with Brandon Cristal from KOA in Colorado. 3 o'clock, excited about this, and it kind of lets you know the end of the year is here and that college football season's already wrapped up except for the bowl games. Eric Galco. Director of Football Operations, Player Personnel for the East-West Shrine Bowl game. And he's been around for a long time, even before he was working with the East-West Shrine Bowl. He's going to join us, not to talk about the draft, not to talk about, you know, how heavy it is on defense, offensive linemen, quarterbacks. He's joining us to talk about the East-West Shrine Bowl. Last season, it was at Allegiant Stadium, and it was great. It was awesome. I think, I know off top, at least, at least three or four guys were drafted from the that played in the uh, East-West Shrine Bowl game last year, including uh, Tyquan Thornton, who was a second-round draft pick of the Patriots who are coming to town on Sunday. So we're going to talk to Eric Galco about the East-West Shrine Bowl game. Uh, tickets are actually available today. They went on sale, but the game isn't until February. It's, I believe it's February 3rd at Allegiant Stadium. And then right after that game is over, uh, we'll basically get on our horse and head to Arizona for coverage of the Super Bowl that takes place in Glendale. So I believe the, the dates for the Super Bowl coverage that we'll have is February 6th through 10th. And uh, like I said, I think the, the uh, East-West Shrine Bowl game is around February 3rd, one of those days. Something something like that. It's right around there. So anyway, we'll talk to Eric Galco. He's a very sharp personnel mind. And you know what? We might even ask him some questions about you know, Josh McDaniels and his offense and, you know, even his scheme and what he's kind of looking for, what kind of players he's looking for, just because, like I said, he's been around the game for so long. He's talked to so many uh, college athletes coming into the NFL, and I'm sure he's got a few stories. So Eric Galco will join us at 3 o'clock. 3.30, we'll continue with our Patriots coverage as they're uh, preparing to head from Arizona, where they're at right now, practicing to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Nicole Yang, she's a Patriots reporter for Boston Globe. She'll join us to talk. All things Patriots, give us the latest and the greatest. They have a lot of guys banged up. They've got a ton of dudes that could be potentially out for this game on Sunday. They also have a big-time player that could be coming back for Sunday, and that's Christian Barmore. Christian Barmore is a guy that can get it done on that defensive line, and that's really their strength. 
The Patriots' strength coming into this game on Sunday is their defense, and in particular, that defensive line. I mean, they've got like 45 sacks on the season. They uh, cause a lot of fumbles. They cause a lot of turnovers. They even score a lot of points. So uh, if there's one thing that concerns me about this game, it's sure not the Patriots' offense, but it is the Patriots' defense. So Nicole Yang, Patriots reporter for the Boston Globe, will join us at 3.30. We're scheduled. Again, I say this in air quotes, and I say this very loosely. We're scheduled to talk to Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network, at 4 o'clock. And I say scheduled. I sent him a text earlier to see if he was going to be good to go for today. He wasn't good to go on Tuesday, and I have not heard back yet. So that was this morning. So I'll just just go ahead and throw it out there right now. There's a good chance that we don't have Lincoln Kennedy today because he has not responded yet to my text. So we'll see. He's scheduled to join us at 4, but if not, that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll do without, but uh, yeah, so we'll see if he, uh, he's able to join the show. Like I said, he missed his show, his, uh, his guest appearance on Tuesday, as he usually has. So we'll see what happens with Lincoln Kennedy at 4 o'clock, and then we'll close things out. Vinny Bonsignor will join us from the Raiders locker room. Uh, he's there right now at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center checking out practice, and we'll get an opportunity to go into the locker room following practice. So Vinny will probably send us some locker room sound over. Uh, we'll get that on to, throughout the course of the show as well, but then we'll get down to the nitty-gritty with uh, all things Raiders with Vinny coming up at 4.30. What he's seeing from Darren Waller, what he's seeing from Hunter Renfro, what he's seeing from guys like Andrew Billings, you know, Josh Jacobs, they're still in the, the red non-contact jersey. You know, what are you feeling about some of these guys as they get closer and closer to the weekend and get prepared for this game on Sunday against the Patriots? So we got a loaded lineup today. Brandon Cristal will start us off at 2.30, Eric Galco at 3 o'clock, Nicole Yang at 3.30, Lincoln Kennedy scheduled at 4, and Vinny Bonsignor at 4.30, and anything in between uh, at the same time, we'll get on as well. Like I said, Vinny will probably send us some locker room sound uh, while he gets it, like he did yesterday with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. That was some really good stuff. So hopefully he's able to do that again today. Now you know the guests. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And, Devon, really, before we really get rolling, uh, we did find out a little earlier today that T-Pain is going to be performing at halftime. What are your thoughts on T-Pain, Nappy Boy, performing at uh, halftime? I'm excited. Are you not? No, I am. I'm uh, just, that's why. I mean, that's a, that's a, I mean, of all the halftime acts, especially this season, this might be the best one. Yeah, I mean, it really could. That was my wheelhouse. You know, there was a point in time when T-Pain was on everything. If it wasn't his song, he was on Lil Wayne's song. If it wasn't Lil Wayne's song, it was Akon's song. If it was, I mean, it was like he was on everything. You heard that voice on everything. Uh, the Raiders have already tweeted out that, that Hard Knocks, uh, that video from Max Crosby, his rookie year, when he was singing uh, Buy You a Drink. I mean, that, that was – so I'm sure that they're going to have a lot of fun with Max and, and T-Pain coming to town. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, who was the, there was? Oh, Nelly was good. I thought Nelly was really good earlier this year. But T-Pain, that's, that's definitely in my wheelhouse. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. I, I tweeted it out earlier, and somebody responded, a, dis, a disgruntled Raider fan. They said, uh, so when the trash goes in the locker room, the trash will hit the stage. And so my response was, one man's, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It is what it is, brother. I guess you can't please everybody. But, no, I'm excited about that. I think T-Pain will be uh, really cool. I'll tell you what. I'm more excited about T-Pain than I was Iggy Azalea. That's for sure. I mean, T-Pain's got hit after hit. I know. I mean, Iggy Azalea's got the one. And, and that was a lightweight hit. That wasn't even a real heavyweight hit. T-Pain's got, I mean, he's got hits, right? So I thought that T-Pain was great. Uh, and you know what's funny about T-Pain? Even though he uses the, you know, he, he has the, 
well, I forget what it's called now. Auto tune. Yeah, yeah, but he uses that. He doesn't have to. He actually sings really well. Like he's a good singer. I've heard him sing without auto tune, and he sounds great. But for that time when he was really, like I said, the the man when he was on everything, that was just a perfect sound. And that summer was a perfect sound of T Pain. And like I said, man, he was. He was on everyone's track. I was trying to schedule music because I was a music director of the radio station. I was trying to schedule music, and the thing was you can't put two artists back-to-back. And so I'd get mm. – it would be Lil Wayne and T-Pain were the two hardest artists to schedule. Lil Wayne had about three hits at the same time. T-Pain was on about five different hits at the same time. And I'm trying to schedule one hour of music and figure out how I can keep these guys separate. It was not easy. It was, it's almost like JT commercials on the radio station now, how we can't keep <laughs> JT commercials from back-to-back. Which we need to do a better job of that, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. So there's that. But yeah, th- that's JT is now T or T Pain is the is the modern day JT. <laughs> T Pain. Also, real quick for those that don't know, when you're like talking about the singing voice, he won the first season of The Mass Singer. Did he really? Yeah, I didn't know that. It was one of those like once I like watched like the final three, I was like, mm-hmm. that's T Pain. I had no idea. I watched it. I watched the first like couple episodes, and then I was done. I was like, I, I just can't keep my attention. I can't keep focused on that kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah, okay, this is cute, but it's not. Now, what season are they on? Like twenty? It feels like they've been yeah, around it's been, Yeah, it faded for me real fast. Yeah, too much, too much. All right. Anyway, T Pain's gonna be performing at the Raiders game at halftime at Allegiant Stadium. So if you're in the building, you can check out that little mini concert. Now, let's get into some real Raider talk. And I really want to kind of focus in on this game that will be played on Sunday. And I, I want to ask the question, who is the player or players that you believe will be, have the biggest impact in this game on Sunday? So as far as the Raiders go, who do you think or who are you looking at to have the biggest impact in this game versus the Patriots? And I'll go ahead and start off, and this is going to be – Part of my keys to the game when we talk about that on Friday's show, I think the biggest impact is going to come from the offensive line. I really do. I mean, that's, that's where I think it all lies with me. It, it, it starts and ends with the offensive line for me. I think this will be the biggest test that they have uh, faced all season long, and especially with the uncertainty of who's going to be playing that left guard position. You just really don't know. Is Jermaine Illuminor going to be healthy enough to play? Right? I mean, he's been, he was in a red non-contact jersey again today, so if he's down, and the left guard or the right guard is a question, then what? I think this Patriots defense is just way too good, and that defensive line is way too nasty to just throw anyone out there and think that they're going to have their way with, with the Patriots defensive line. And, oh, by the way, they're at the seventh seed right now, so they're in the playoffs. You know what they can't afford to do? Lose, <laughs> right? So they're, they're coming into Legion Stadium, man, with the you know, hair on fire because all they want to do is win, win, win because they're trying to stay in the playoffs, even though it hasn't been a very good season for them. The offense isn't worth the salt. The defense has clearly kept them in the mix, and, and right now has them at the number seven spot. So for me, the, the players that are going to have the biggest impact in this game for the Raiders, in my opinion, is the offensive line. I'll now pass the baton on to you, Damon. Who do you think, what player or players do you think has the biggest impact in Sunday's game? I know that's a great point what you said about the offensive line. That's what I do. That's what I do. But because this (laughs) offensive line is so, you know, downtrodden, you know, with injuries and, hey, making waving two guys who we thought were going to be big pieces for this season, that means I've got to put more pressure on Derek Carr because we know that this line is going to be a liability against the Patriots. Well, how's he going to throw the ball if the offensive line is leaky like that? He's got to overcome it. And I know it's not fair to him. 
But this is one of those games where we're not talking about the P word. It's got to like be a say. Derek Carr hero game? Yeah, it's got to be a Derek Carr hero game. Okay. I don't know if you That's saw fair. it, but Deshaun Reed, you know, when he gave us that little tease yeah, yeah, about yeah. that piece he was going to be putting piece. out, yep. I thought it was going to be about Josh Jacobs, honestly. Yeah, no, it was. It, I had a feeling it was about D.C., and it was fantastic. It was a really good piece about Derek Carr, so we encourage you to check that out on The Athletic. Deshaun Reed just put out another great piece, and he's been he's like T-Pain. He's putting out hit after hit after hit, right? But, um, yeah, so. But my point is where Derek Carr – you know, you can't go into it. There, there are no more excuses. I know that the offensive line, line is going to be something that he's got to overcome, but it can't be an excuse for these next four games. Where let's say the, in the Rams game, that interception that he threw, where basically the offensive lineman, you know, messed yeah. up his throw, like got yeah. backed into him. Right. And but those are just the mistakes that even if it's not his fault. D.C. has to step up and play better and perform better okay. against this Patriots defense. I don't think that that's a. Um, I don't think that's unreasonable. I really don't. We haven't seen a Derek Carr hero game yet, right? So that's fair. I like it. So there you go. Player or players that you believe will have the biggest impact on the game on Sunday. I said the O line. Demond said he wants to see a Derek Carr hero game. What says you? Let us know about it. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. We also got our don'tbebroke.com text line at six nine one eight seven. Keyword R and R. We already got plenty of texts rolling in. Uh, Glenn in San Jose. Shout out to the four zero eight. He said, "What up, Q? What up, Demond? Don't forget, blame it on the alcohol." With Jamie Fox, won a Grammy for it. Talking about T Pain right there, man. That was a hit, boy. That was a banger, man. Blame it on the alcohol, man. We used to have, when I was in Texas and I was doing the hip-hop radio station, uh, we used to have this lady, uh, Miss Virginia, we used to call her. She would call in like every Friday and she'd request that song, Blame It on the Alcohol, and she'd say, she'd say, yeah, blame me. Come on, Q. Play me, Jamie Foxx. Blame it on the a- 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 alcohol because it's Friday night and I'm about to go out and get loose. And then tomorrow I'm going to say, don't blame it on the alcohol, baby. You knew what it was when you came here. <laughs> so, yeah, Miss Virginia got loose every Friday, man. And then she uh, talk- called us on Monday to tell us about it. So, yeah, there you go. I like that. Shout out to my man Glenn in, in San Jose. Uh, we got a text from the 303. Guys. I'm so sick and tired of listening to Raider fans trash the organization. I get being frustrated. I get being embarrassed about the product on the field every now and again, but we got to show these guys some love and support. That's for the 303. I don't know. I'm just new to the uh, conversation. I'm not sure what we're talking about, <laughs> right? I don't, re- I don't remember any time in the last 18 minutes anyone has bashed the organization whatsoever. Matter of fact, I make a habit of not bashing the organization. You know? I mean, yeah, hey, losses are frustrating, not being where they need to be is frustrating, but I don't think any of us ever take shots at the organization. And I know that some fans get frustrated and some fans will call in, but we haven't even taken a call yet. So I'm not too sure. Maybe that's just an overall statement. If it is, that's fair. But I know DeMond hasn't said anything, and I know damn well I haven't said anything. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to New York. Let's talk to our guy, John. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, how are you? I'm blessed, man. I know you are with that bomb from my quarterback. You should have. That guy been there nine years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nine years. And, 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 oh, he get a new coach. Well, they brought some dumb coaches in there. But this <laughs> guy, you hollering. Oh, oh, let me tell you something. Go ahead. You hollering about last year. We made the playoff. We won the last four games. Look what happened. You you came in off a bye and you lost four straight games. You ain't talk about that, huh? Y'all were talking about the last four. It wasn't because of a dead car doing nothing. I haven't talked about any four. Oh, thank you for the call, John. I don't know. Maybe you're on a, a delay, brother. I haven't talked about a four-game winning streak or a four-game losing streak. I'm not too sure 
man, we have a disconnect going on today, clearly. <laughs> but it's maybe the to, delay of what people want to talk about maybe, and what maybe, you're asking them about. Maybe our texter from the 303 anticipated that call ahead of time. It was like, oh, nope, this call is coming right now. I'm going to give you this text before you get that call. I'm not too sure what that conversation. Maybe that was on JT's show, but we've been on the air for 19 minutes, brother. So I'm not too sure even what you're talking about. Um, yeah, but thank you anyway. I do appreciate you. Uh, shout out to New York. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines, talk to Raider Mac. Let's try this again. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. <laughs> What's up? I'm What's chilling, up, man. I'm chilling. You What's doing up, all right? Hey, man, I, 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 just, I heard that call. Hey, that's funny. That's funny. No, no, nobody's bashing the, the, the Raiders organization or anything like so. that. We just have opinions, yeah. you know, and everybody's. You know, you can disagree or but well, I'm gonna get to my, my um my stuff real quick. Hey, um I do agree with DeMond that Derek Carr, it's time for him to step up. He has not played well all year. Uh it's time for him I'm I'm agreeing with DeMond. You need he needs to step up. But my player is is, is Chandler Jones. Ooh. You we need we need to get Matt Mac Jones on the ground, Chandler mm-hmm. Jones. So that's okay. that's my player. Uh also a, a Q. The one thing, the one thing I want to see. You know, I don't. We we can't make excuses about this line and this. Everybody in the NFL got injuries. Teams got yep. injuries Facts. all over the place. So we can't make no excuses. Well, we what we have to do. We continue supporting the team and doing all the stuff that we need to do. But at the same time, uh, we we got to get we got to get more more of uh, uh, the a solid foundation. On defense, the defense is just not playing well. You cannot continue giving up 98. Uh, you knew the game was online, and you still gave up a 98 yard uh, uh, drive to, mm-hmm. for winning for the yep. game. And that's fine. I understand that. But the the biggest key to this game is going to be. You, I'm going to tell you right now. Belichick is going to take Devontae Adams away. That's what Belichick does. He He's not going to let your best player beat him. He'll double-team, he'll triple-team, he'll put that high safety. So the guy that, besides Chandler Jones, uh, it's got run the ball. Run the ball, and that's it. And let's, let's get a win. Um, the playoffs, is, is we got a chance, but you got to win one game at a time, and that's it. Thanks, Q. Hey, great stuff, Raider Mac. Appreciate you. And, yeah, Chandler Jones versus Trent Brown. Wouldn't that be a fun one? Trent Brown's the left tackle. He struggled a, a few games. Uh, he told uh, Raiders – or not Raiders reporter, Patriots reporters that he was sick for a couple weeks and he lost like 12 pounds. So I'm interested to see what uh, – not that, you know, you could tell when Trent Brown loses. He's such a big dude. Man, that dude is ridiculous. He's so big. When I saw him in person at training camp, I was like, holy hell, this dude is a large, large man. So uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, can Chandler Jones continue to build off what he's done the last couple of games where he looks like he's, you know, finally finally able to get home? You know, can Max Crosby dominate on the other end? And and Raider Max co- completely right about injuries to the O-line or any other person in the league. I mean, when you're in league week 15, which after tonight it will be week 15, you're, I mean, everyone's injured. Everyone's banged up, right? They hardly even practice anymore because, well, they got to keep everyone healthy. You know, they're really glorified walkthroughs that are happening at this point of the year. So, yeah, I mean – I, I'm saying that the offensive line is going to have the biggest impact because the Patriots' defensive line is so strong and so nasty. But if your number's called, like DeMond said, you got to you know got to go in there, slide in, and, and be that dude, and do the best that you can to the top, you know best of your ability, and see what happens. I just know that the Patriots' defensive line is probably not the one to experiment with. But hey, it's what it, it is. What it is is what they say, right? And he also agreed with you. Wants to see that Derek Carr. 
uh, hero game, and that would be good. I think that would be a big deal. Uh, no, JT mentioned that on Tuesday when we recorded the Raider Roundtable show that he'd like to see a big, massive game from D.C. Let's get one more quick call in, 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Raider Fish, I know he's going to put on a show. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? <laughs> hey, uh, you talk about disconnect. I had to listen to the past caller because I just picked up the phone and called you. I said, what the hell are we talking? It sounds like you want to know what player do we want to do well. And nah. are you looking for a song of the day or something? <laughs> My apologies, man. What, I'm, what are we, what are we, tell me what you need. I'm going to deliver, baby. I know you will. I'm looking for the T-Pain song of the day. No, I'm kidding. I'm talking about a uh, player or players <laughs> that you believe will have the biggest impact on the game on Sunday. Okay, got it. So here's the situation. Unless... Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels had a conference we don't know about where McDaniels said, look, dude, hey, we need four, and we don't care how we get them. Let's get them, and I need you to scramble and throw from your hip, throw off your backside, do whatever. That conversation probably didn't happen. So we need whoever in the world, whatever combination of right tackle and, and, and right guard, they got to show up and show out. Because Carr, if you give that dude that letter, that letter U, and when I say the letter U, because that's that pocket. When you give him that letter U, man, that dude is deadly. I, I take him in the clean pocket. So we need a clean pocket. So right guard and right tackle, okay? That's who I need to show up and show out. And just because and you didn't ask for it, but, you know, I'm off that more bounce of the ounce by zap, okay? That's what I'm off of. And we're going to show up, show out, and how it just went, baby, when you go out, Raiders. I got to get Raider Fish at Berkeley like a 15-minute segment. Like, I just got to get him a segment, right? I mean, I, I, that would be fantastic stuff. Raider Fish, thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Let me squeeze one more in before we take a break. Fargo Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Thank you for taking my call. Good luck following that one up. (laughs) I know, right? Hey, it is what it is. I'll take it when I get it. Uh, I'll have to say right here. Nation, you remind me of that that, that scene. I know DeMond will know what I'm talking about. The scene in Step Brothers where the doctor's talking to the the new wife, and he's like, I don't know where he gets the sense of entitlement from. Who are we to be sitting here yelling and bitching and moaning and complaining like we're perennial contenders and expecting that out of year one in a new system? This is, in three years we've had three uh, three offensive coordinator systems basically. Same with the defense. How do you expect guys to come out and everybody be max? Come on, guys. Real, I've been mad, at, but realistically, that's the way it breaks down. You know, we just we got to temper our expectations and be happy that we're already past the four win mark that the other regimes have had before their second year. So let's go with that. And I'm expecting. Hillary to have a big game to make up for that bonehead play mm. that cost us the game last week. You need to get that inside pressure, make them uncomfortable. Don't let them get in the rhythm of them short passes. Don't let them take that dagger to us over and over again. Thank you for taking my call. You have a great day. Hey, that's a good call. Jerry Tillery right there. That could be a good one, right? And look, Mac Jones in that offense is not having a fantastic season. And we'll talk to Nicole Yang, Patriots reporter, coming up at 3.30 about that. But I mean, if you can get to Mac Jones, he's not just going to run around the yard like Kyler Murray did, right? I mean, he's he's not that guy. I mean, he's athletic, but he's not that athletic. So, uh, yeah, there could be some there could be something to, to be said about you know Chandler Jones getting home, Jerry Tillery getting home, Max Crosby getting home. That could end up being a big factor. Uh, I think the score this game is going to be a low scoring scoring game. One because the Patriots' offense is not very good, and I think that that defense is going to make life really difficult 
on the silver and black. But it's funny, and then we'll take a break. Every time I say that a certain defense is going to make it tough on the Raiders, they go and put 30 points up on that defense. So, you know, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen crazier things happen every single time. I promise you, every single time we talk about a team's defense and how good they are, all of a sudden the Raiders find a way to put 30 points up on them. So as much as I, you know, I believe that, that it's going to be very difficult to score, the Raiders have proved me wrong time and time again. 227 is the time. We want to hear from you. Who is the player or players that you believe will have the biggest impact in the game on Sunday? Let us know about it. Don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Also the listener line, but don't call us just yet. It's 702-365-9200 because we got Brandon Cristal, reporter from KOA in Colorado. He'll join us next to talk a little offensive line. And Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. It's all coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Who is the player or players you believe will have the biggest impact in this game on Sunday? That's the question that we threw out there. We'll take your calls in just a little while at 702-365-9200. Not right now, but we will hit up the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And that's where this text from Rocky Mountain Raider comes from. Keys to the game. DC needs to be a man on a mission. Focus and play mean. Chandler and Mad Max need to be beast. In response to me negative earlier, nine years of car better than nine years of quarterback carousel we had before. So there you go. Uh, then he said, Q, you always keeping it real, not directed at you guys. That's Rocky Mountain Raider. And it sounds like he wants to see a Derek Carr hero game as well. You know what? Why don't we just have a Derek Carr hero game, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, why not, Damon? Why not just have a Derek Carr hero game? Why don't he just go out there the night before and say, damn it, t- tomorrow's going to be my day. Why not? I think we need to see it. We haven't seen that game from him this year. And it goes to, hey, last year, I know everyone wants to say that, like you mentioned, the offensive line, it's not good. It wasn't good last year either. That's a good point. And he had way better games last year than he's had this year. Yeah, so no, that's a good point. I mean, the uh, the offensive line was just as bad or even worse last year, and he was still able to make some of those, you know, miraculous performances. Yeah, and just go out there and perform and, and show that you have 100% understanding, or at least close to it as possible, of this offense. Like, you really have the this offense by the stones, right? You got that. I like that. Rocky Mountain Raider, thank you for that uh, text, and it's appropriate that he, uh, the Rocky Mountain Raider is the one that just sent that text in because right now we're going to head out to the Rocky Mountains. As a matter of fact, Colorado to be exact, KOA Colorado. My guy Brandon Cristal, he's a, re- a reporter, does a fantastic job. You can find him on Twitter at BK Denver Sports. And, Brandon, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you. want to talk to you about multiple subjects, but I want to start off with Natani Muti. He's the offensive lineman that the Raiders picked up off the, off the Broncos practice squad, and he might actually be in action this Sunday for the Raiders. So what can you tell us about Muti? Well, the thing with Natani Muti, and we just haven't really seen it because of his body breaking down on him, mm. he has top-end talent. And maybe he hasn't been as banged up in the pros as he certainly was in, in college at Fresno, but he was a guy that had a first-round grade by a lot of scouts coming out. And because he missed so much game time, he just fell in the draft and fell into the Broncos' lap. But then with the way the game works, you know, he's a fifth-round pick. Broncos draft a third-rounder. Dalton Reisner's a second-rounder. They signed Graham Glasgow. They draft, you know, and that was John Elway's draft pick was Mooty. So 
George Fate, the new GM, he drafted Luke Wattenberg last year. So Mucci just ends up kind of in a numbers game. Mm. Uh, and they signed Billy Turner, who's Nathaniel Hackett, one of his favorite players. And he used to be with Denver before three years in Green Bay. So he just kind of got stuck in a numbers game. He got brought up a couple of games early in the year. And then again, just the other day, and was part of a three-man rotation. And I think handled himself pretty well against the Chiefs and Chris Jones. And I'm guessing that he was already on... Uh, Dave Ziegler and, and Jam Kelly's radar anyway, and they were just here, obviously, uh, for the second game. So they're at least checking him out pregame. He didn't he didn't dress or whatever, but uh, aware that he was playing and, and probably looked and saw that not only handled himself well, he would maybe be the right fit. So he's a, a big, big, strong dude that can go toe-to-toe with anybody. I don't know if he's the most nimble, but he's not unathletic. And if he can stay healthy and get a chance – the Raiders may have gotten a steal because if they, if they need to use him and play him, they may end up with a guy that ends up starting a bunch for him, not just this season, but but in, in years to come and won't cost very much in the short term. And so it's one of those things where he was stuck in a numbers game here, but with the right opportunity, could end up being a bona fide starter. Well, I'll tell you, the Raiders have question marks right now along the offensive line. Their guy, Alex Bars, went down last game uh, with a knee injury, and so it doesn't look like he's going to play this week. And so Moody might actually have to slide in and play as early as this week. So I saw when the Raiders picked him up, a lot of Broncos fans were saying, I can't believe he didn't get on the field here more and more. It was just, it sounds like, from what you're saying, it just sounds like it was a numbers game and, you know, potential a little bit breakdown of the body. But, you know, the skills are there if he could put them all together. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, the the opportunity because of desperation may thrust him into action maybe more than he's ready for playbook wise. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that's okay, right? We've seen that the Baker Mayfield situation right. against the, the Raiders. And I'm not trying to pick on Raiders fans out there or the Raiders any more than, you know, Broncos fans like to. I'm I'm not a Broncos fan per se. My kids are. But right. you know, I grew up in Dallas, so I just uh want to see good football to to see what Baker did. That is the extreme example. But in this new world of the NFL where practice squads are bigger and more vets are on practice squads and got, you know, Latavius Murray is a good example. Latavius Murray is on the field on a Sunday in London and the Broncos grab him on Monday. By the time he lands, he's in Denver Tuesday and they were ready to play him that Thursday against the Colts. They ended up not needing him, but that, that's the world that we're in where guys do get thrust into action pretty quickly. And if you've been around the league and been in a couple of offenses, you can pick some stuff up. So while I'm sure, you, you know, Josh and, and Bill Belichick famously would rip up game plans on Saturday nights and redo things. So I don't know if you want to do that week in, week out for a guy that just got there. But right. in general, not having to think too much, not having, you know, the paralysis by analysis of, oh, we've got so much versus just simplifying it for him and making sure that the the players on his left and his right are letting him know exactly what he needs to do each play in the huddle and at the line of scrimmage then maybe he just won't have to think about it too much and can come in and just play. And sometimes that can probably be a little free. Brandon Cristal is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, I also wanted to ask you about Josh Daniels. You know him very well. He was obviously the Broncos head coach for a quick minute, but now he's in Las Vegas with the Raiders, and it hasn't gone that way well, right? I mean, the Raiders only have five wins so far, and a lot of Raider Nation is questioning, is this the right guy moving forward? From what you know from head coach Josh Daniels, how long does it take for a team to learn what he's trying to coach and the style that he's trying to coach and what he wants? Well, so I talked about he and, and Coach Belichick, and it's a Belichick thing, but ripping up game plans on Saturday nights. I remember Chad Brown, who played in the league for 15 years and, and is a CU guy and, and does radio and TV and based out of Denver. I remember him telling me years ago, because he finished his career there, 
about that that very thing about tearing up those game plans. And then Pat Kerwin, who's been on Sirius XM forever, but was obviously in a bunch of front offices prior to that, so that the Patriots pride themselves year in, year out in having the most college graduates. And while it doesn't really mean anything because you want the best football players, right. there is something to be said for guys that had the wherewithal to finish their degrees. And the reason I say that is because, you know, every coach says we want smart, tough guys who love football, right? It's easy to say that, but you can kind of tell if guys are relatively smart, even if they aren't necessarily book smart or they football smart or vice versa, but smart guys aren't going to hurt you if you like the way they play football enough. And so what I think they're probably dealing with in just one aspect, and right, there's a lot that goes into winning and losing a game and blowing leads and all of that, is enough smart players and enough of their guys. And that's just going to take time. The question is, will Mark Davis give Josh and, and, and Dave the time? And Dave probably has a little more leeway than Josh does because Josh is the face of the franchise, whether he, you know, whether he likes it or not. I'm sure he likes the, the check that comes with it and, and, <laughs> right. and the credit when they win. Right. Um, but so I think it's one of those that uh, you look at it and, and you just say, give if you can get through this year, try not to blow any more 13, 17 point leads. Right. And show that you're trending in the right direction and, and that you've got things to build on. Brandon Jacobs' future becomes really interesting based on how good he's been. Uh, Derek Carr's future is interesting just because, and, and you know, that's always going to be the case unless you have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, you're probably not in or stuck with Russell Wilson as Broncos fans feel like they are right now. <laughs> right. Uh, then you're always maybe looking to potentially make a change there. So I, I think that by having that little stretch of wins, in the middle of the season here recently that probably bought Josh enough of a cushion to not have to worry about him being on the hottest seat and losing a gig. And I don't think Mark Davis wants to make another change right now. It's a sense I get uh, talking to people around the league, but I, I think over time he just needs more of his guys and he needs to continue to work right to, to learn to relate to people. He can relate to football coaches and players that eat, sleep and breathe football. But in this modern era of, of athlete and NFL, you don't always have that. So, right. uh, so I think it's just a, a question of time. Brandon Cristal is our guest, and I'm glad you, you mentioned that as we're talking about Josh McDaniels because I've had a lot of people question and say, Q, I think he's a really good offensive coordinator. I think he's really good at calling plays, but I don't know if he's a leader of men. And that kind of goes back to your comment about, you know, relating to people that don't eat, breathe, and die, you know, with just football. Yeah. From what you've seen from him and what you, you know, the conversations that you guys have had, have do you feel like he is a, a true leader of men or could be a true leader of men as a head coach has to be? You know, it's always tricky right when somebody's good at, at one thing mm -hmm. and calling plays in the nfl at a high level is maybe the hardest thing to do from a coaching standpoint because you it's about scoring points but that being said getting your guys to buy in getting them to stay with you getting them to believe all of that being able to relate to them knowing the names of their spouses and kids and not only where they went to college where they went to high school and you know and knowing mm -hmm. about them and what their life was like that's a skill that i don't say can't be taught but isn't easy for everybody. It doesn't come by, you know, not everybody comes by that naturally. Right. So the football part, I think Josh has down fine and calling plays. He certainly has down, but it's, it is a different job. And if you're, as they say, heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? If you're going to take that job and you need to do all of it, that's, you know, Nathaniel Hackett here in Denver has that part down perfectly. The, the personality part and getting along with guys and getting into, and I think you saw that the other day, they're down 27, nothing to the, Chiefs and, and they come 
clawing back and have a chance to win the game late. Obviously, we weren't able to do it, but it's because everybody likes Nathaniel Hackett. I'm not saying they don't like Josh McDaniels, although you do hear rumblings that some players, especially modern players, can't relate to him. Right. And I get that. And he's going to have to figure out ways to manage that. However, he gets there. I'm not sure how he's going to be able to do that, but maybe it's more time talking with sports psychologists or coaches that have been successful with it and and just kind of it's hard to change who you are right and change your personality but he's gonna have to do his best to to try to do that or if he can just win because he has the right players then the rest will take care of itself because that's what bill belichick can hang his hat on is that he's got six rings right exactly winning cures all (laughs) no matter what winning is the ultimate deodorant for everything so uh you can get away with a whole lot as long as you're winning consistently and that's what bill belichick and the patriots are doing who by the way are coming to town this sunday final question for you uh you mentioned dave ziggler a little while ago and i've only had a few chances to talk to him but from what it seems like and from what i've you know the conversations brief conversations we've had he seems like a very very sharp guy i know he was there in denver he wasn't the gm or anything but what do you remember about dave ziggler and what kind what kind of GM do you think he ultimately will be? Well, a lot of stuff I know about him, you know, it's just one of those guys you see him passing, right? There's a whole bunch of personnel folks yeah. uh, climbing their way up, and that's where he was. Uh, but he's really well-regarded around the league, and that's why he ends up getting these GM interviews the last couple of years and landing the gig with, with the Raiders. I know that he really impressed two years ago when the Broncos ultimately hired George Payton, and I think that the experience of the Patriots probably helped shape the way he sees football out of Bill Belichick's eyes as best as he can. And, and so that probably is a, a perfect match for Josh, but he did work other places and, and understands the way the league works. And it, I, I think that is how he's regarded as a sharp mind who doesn't seem too hasty to, to do things. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, to, to be a little more analytical and a little more methodical in this pro- approach. And, and so I'd be encouraging uh, if, uh, if I'm a Raiders fan and then he hired a great guy in champ Kelly as his right-hand man, it's only a matter of time. Could be as early as this year before Champ ends up with a GM job. He interviewed for the Broncos job. He's interviewed for the Jets job, uh, and maybe one or two others in there. And I think they make a good, a good kind of one-two punch because of how their personalities are. Dave's a little more reserved. Champ's certainly outgoing. If you get any chance to talk to him, and and does a lot of stuff in the community, and has even when he was working his way up just as a scout, he was throwing three football camps in his hometown in, in Georgia and did it here in Denver and, and did it, uh, I want to say in Chicago as well. So nice. it's a, it's a, it's a good combo at the top. It's, it's really a good trio. If Josh can just figure out how to relate to his players well enough. And if he can do that, then I think that the ceiling is very, very high for the Raiders. The uh, one thing is they've got a division that has not only Patrick Mahomes, but Justin Herbert in it every year for a long time. And we'll see if Russell Wilson and the Broncos can get it figured out as well. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. The AFC West, we talked about it all offseason, that it was going to be the toughest division in football. It didn't turn out that way, but it has the potential, Brandon, to be the toughest division in football each and every year just with like the quarterbacks that you mentioned. And so we'll see how that shakes out. How do you think, final question for you, how do you think uh, this whole situation with Nathaniel Hackett's going to shake out at the end of the year? Is he going to be able to run it back, or is he going to be a, a victim of one and done? He, he certainly could get let go and, and that won't surprise anyone because of how things went really from the jump with mm-hmm. the 64 yard field goal in Seattle and the way they handled training camp, which was the same way that Sean McVay handled training camp and Matt LaFleur and a bunch of people that have been around Sean McVay approach training camp with very light practices, recovery days. Let's keep you healthy. But then it didn't work because the Broncos have been the most injured team in football. They've got the most money on the salary cap uh, on IR 
and and it's just snowballed. So you've lost every single starter for at least one game because Russell Wilson missed the Jets game. And with Dalton Reisner, the left guard, going out the other day, they now all 11 starters and wow. really 12 if you count Tim Patrick, who was done for the for the year. But I know there's fantasy football players out there that aren't in the playoffs because they used an early round pick on Javante Williams and haven't been able to get over that. Right. right. He got hurt in Vegas week four. So yep. the injuries on both sides of the ball, they traded Bradley Chubb away because they because of his injuries, they weren't going to give him one hundred twenty million dollars. They don't love the kid and, and hope that he stays healthy, but they weren't going to do it. So you take away their best defensive player up front or one of their two best defensive players up front. They lose one of their middle linebackers. They, they've just been banged up. Justin Simmons, who never misses a snap, missed five games. And and Ronald Darby, who they're paying ten million, the other corner, he went out early in the year. That they're injured everywhere, right. so that may be enough. And dealing with Russ is a lot, and getting on the same page, and getting him comfortable doing what he wants to do versus what you need him to do. So there's a chance because they scored twenty eight points the other day. If they can be north of twenty twenty five points in each of these final four games, and they keep playing hard, then maybe that's enough to convince the new ownership and George Payton that that he is worth keeping around. He's gonna have to tweak his coaching staff because they've got to make some changes in, in a couple spots, specifically with the old line coach. But maybe he does get one more year, and then if it doesn't work, they blow it all up. They cut Russ, they, tra- they fire Peyton, and they get rid of Hackett. So th- there's a chance that he survives, especially if they play the way they played against the Chiefs in the final four games. Well, I'll say the final four games for Denver is going to be interesting. The final four games for the Raiders will be interesting. I mean, there's a lot of evaluations going on right now across the NFL and, of course, in the AFC West. Well, Brandon, great stuff as always. Uh, what do you got working on, man? What do you got cooking up uh, KOA Colorado that you got going on? Well, it's just about what's next for the Broncos. And, <laughs> and it was funny because you thought it'd be so stable, like, oh, richest owners in the NFL now mm-hmm. and a new exciting young coach and you trade it for a future Hall of Famer they're going to be going to the playoffs every year and now for the seventh straight season uh, coming off that Super Bowl 50 win the Broncos will not be participating so I'll be on my same offseason plan of hitting the Senior Bowl hitting <laughs> Super Bowl hitting the Combine you know owners meetings I'll, I'll be at all of it so uh, it'll be good to catch up with you along the way too Q but yeah yeah it's all it's now all about the Nuggets and Avs again here in Denver and what will the Broncos look like next year? And who are who are you getting to help coach up Russ and get on the same page there, even if you do keep Hackett? So that that's now what our focus is uh, to this point. I'll be on the same circuit sooner rather than later. And like I said, it'll be great to uh, catch up with you as well. You do a fantastic job. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Thanks, you. Happy holidays to you and your listeners. No doubt. No doubt about it. And. Yeah, Demond. <laughs> Sorry, Demond. Every time Demond pointed at me as we're on this Zoom, he's like, "I got this one. I got this one." I kept giving Demond the hold on, hold on, hold on, one more, one more. Then finally, Demond gave me the okay, brother. We've got a wrap. <laughs> so many thanks to Brandon Cristal right there for giving us some time talking all things. Uh, Natani, uh, Natani Moody, uh, the offensive lineman who might get some play action uh, this Sunday, and also uh, talking about Joshua Daniels and Dave Ziegler. Two fifty is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Close out hour number one. Straight Nation Radio nine twenty. Baby girl, what's your name? Let me talk to you, let me buy you a drink. I'm T-Pain, you know me. Convict music, nappy boy. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. T-Pain will be performing at halftime. That was not T-Pain, that was Max Crosby. Good stuff right there. We're having a lot of fun with T-Pain performing. At halftime, he will be the guest at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. That was Max Crosby, his rookie year. That was going back to hard knocks. That was a lot of fun. That's when I remember I interviewed Max Crosby right after that happened 
Um, I, I was still in Texas at the time, and I said, man, I knew then when you hit that, uh, that T-Pain, I knew that you grew up with some bros around, man. You were hanging around with the bros, and he just got a really good laugh at that. And uh, now all of a sudden, a few years later, Max Crosby is a dude that he is. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. It's 702-365-9200. We got Eric Galco coming up at the top of the hour, but let's talk to our guy. Rocky Mountain Raider decided to call in. Welcome to the show, brother. What's on your mind? What's going on, Q? How you doing today? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Hey, first of all, so I, I sent that text in earlier today. I feel like all I'm doing is defending Raider Nation, especially when it comes to D.C., uh, just the negativity around it. we got to show these guys some love. But, hey, uh, as far as, uh, you know, being here in Colorado, I hear, I hear uh, old B.K. Brandon Cristal all the time talk. Um, and it was good to hear his take on it from, from what Broncos country thinks. So but I'll tell you what, the, the difference between McDaniels now and McDaniels when he was in Denver, he couldn't relate to players here. And if anybody's watched any of those locker room segments after the game, just the videos of the game balls, those are players that can relate to that coach, and that coach can relate to those players. I'm comparing the Raiders right now to a foster kid that a strict parent just inherited, and it's just going to take a little bit of time. Raider Nation, you got to be patient. We're going to see this come to fruition with Josh McDaniels, and we're going to see D.C. have some consistency and finally be the quarterback that everybody's expecting him to be. All right, good stuff, man. Thank you for the call. I definitely appreciate you, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. But uh, it was a lot of really good stuff from Brandon. We do appreciate his uh, takes, and we also appreciate your call as well. 2.55 is the time. The question that we threw out there, who is the player or players that you believe will have the biggest impact in this game on Sunday? 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. This is Radio 920.